We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Howdy, CMOS girlies. Welcome to What the Fuck is CMOS? Episode 41. We're talking about herbs. Yeah, all the herbs. We've done some episodes on adaptogens. So again, go down, find those if you want to. But yeah, we're going to get more into other herbs like fucking lavender, chamomile, like crazy hot girl shit. shit. Crazy shit. And I have an episode title, Phineas and Herbs. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't know why. For- That's actually good. I'm a, I'll, we'll do some workshopping after we, uh, we, Kate and I are always, we've been pretty bad at like coming up with like titles. titles. It's always like, what the fuck is blank or it's like fine, but yeah, it's like repetitive. Also it's 10 42 AM on a Monday. Us girl bosses are getting at it. Emma, what was your breakfast for today? Um, I had a yogurt bowl with like plum mulberry seed cycling mix. And then this like the fig and Fox or the Fox and big whatever like everything nut butter because it was on sale at Whole Foods and then I also had a piece of toast afterwards because I was still hungry with more nut butter so you know sometimes you're just mad hungry more days than others and that's okay yeah I was mad hungry as well I also did a yogurt bowl I'm out of my ritual protein so I'm like ugh. I just used up all of my protein powder so I have to buy more protein powder today um yeah I've been forcing myself to switch up my breakfast like here and there because yogurt bowls have not been filling me up Nice. Yeah. I have been just experimenting with like weird, like nut butters and shit. And Emma and I, well, should we gatekeep a uh, Toto or not? Not really. We're both affiliates. No, we're both affiliates. <laughs> and, I need, and, and I need to get more cookie dough because I'm low key like out already. Yeah. There's this one um, company that reached out to both Emma and I, I don't know if they listen to the pod, if any of like the people that work there, but if you do illy, um, it's an adaptogenic cookie dough. And honestly, like the CMOS girlies would love it. It's something that you probably have the ingredients to make, but I know for myself, I would never take the time to blend oats and like maple syrup and make a, uh, no. that adaptogenic also, I just feel like it's probably cheaper to buy from them as opposed to like buying all the ingredients, making it yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if you want to get yourself some Toto cookie dough, they have like a peanut butter flavor and a regular. This isn't even like sponsored or anything. We yeah, just really is, like their shit. It's like, really, it's been like my go-to dessert every single day. Yeah. Um, I think you get like 15% off if you use our code and link. Yeah. Um, feel free to use Emma's code. I don't even know what mine is. I don't think I have it up anywhere, but I have their cookie dough. Um, yeah, my breakfast was also a yogurt bowl. I've been buying the GT's Koyo one. And so my ritual protein 
then I did this cat beauty granola thing and it's like granola sometimes used to trigger me back in like ed days because I was like oh my god like the serving size is a third cup and there's like no way in hell I would like stick to that serving size but I've yeah I've been allowing myself to eat it um I don't really love matcha and it's like a matcha flavor but it's pretty subtle and then had some bee pollen seed cycling mix as well some blueberries but my breakfasts have been pretty boring. Um, I bought chocolate chips though last week. I don't know if I'm going to repurchase. I also just haven't found them. So that's my little breakfast chat. That's um, chat. I feel like I've been, I've been eating so weird. Like you and I, well, I'm now entering my celibate era. Uh, I don't know, but I'm entering an era that I think is good for me yeah Emma has it's hard to tell it's hard to suss out but things are surprisingly going well for once does he listen to the pod no he doesn't even use social media okay literally he was like trying to order like tacos for us you know like last week when I hung out Man like, love tacos. Like, how the fuck do I do this so I was like what do you mean how do you do this he's like I don't know like how to order like food online I'm like babes what excuse me huh first of all men love tacos I had tacos last week from Tacombe yep Tacombe yeah which ones did you have did you have the seared fish it was like midnight I have no idea I had a fish and then something with meat that's all I remember I had the I had the cheesy corn (laughs) wow guys um like what day was it last week I don't know someday I was in a basement when it was thunderstorming and I was playing I texted Emma in a basement playing ping pong drinking white claw <laughs> I was like what? wow that like that really took me back to when I was in college and I would do that with skater boys yeah no I had never I've never really done any like not reckless activity but just like a random thing like that um yeah but now I'm entering my celibate era so I just don't I'm not even I'm not even trying so Deleted yeah, I'm, kind of I'm writing out the vibes with this one man have not been on the apps and I feel like if things go go south with him I probably am going to take a break because you know it's a vicious cycle what's the point I've also just been watching a lot of like conspiracy TikToks which are not they're not actually conspiracy but some girls just like run with the idea where like dating apps need to make money and so they have ads and they don't show you the best people because otherwise if you match with everyone why the fuck would you be on the apps which I understand and so hinge specifically has that whole rose section and like people have made tiktoks like your best matches are hidden behind your roses and that's someone made like a, t- a huge twitter thread about like the foundation of like okcupid and match.com and all of them are owned by a conglomerate of the same company I could link people to the thread it's like I was gonna send it in Geneva but I was like this is literally not related to anything um and it was just talking about how like, yeah, they just make new apps because people are not successful on them because strategically, like they want you to not have success. And so I, I was thinking about that and I was like, damn, their dating apps are haters and I don't want any hater energy. So I'm a, I'm a piece out of there. Peace out of there and talk Absolutely. about herbs instead with Emma. That's uh, what we're going to do. But you know, you guys love the, love the shit talking. Once again, if you have any podcast ideas, we're always open to suggestions. Um, yeah, we've been struggling. Well, also, if you're not in Geneva, it's our community platform. It's like a Discord. I'm sure some people hear it in the podcast episodes. They're like, what the fuck? Everything is linked in the description notes of the podcast too. So it's like kind of crazy for me that some people haven't figured out some stuff. We don't have any merch. We're not doing any merch. I'm going to shout that from the masses, guys. Um, so yeah. Unless you guys want to like I don't even I was gonna say pay for us to like have the storefront but I was like you buying merch would pay for the storefront but I think the biggest thing is that like I I would be open to doing merch again but it's like getting all of those charges on your personal card yeah like 
the fulfillment service truly just like stresses me out because then I'm like in negative and like the negatives for like a week and I'm like "Mm, I don't know how I feel about this I feel like a little unstable yeah no I agree my bank account literally like took I had to I've had to been I've been on calls with my bank account for like three weeks straight because they're like why are there all these small transactions for $18 and I'm like fuck sorry like I do I don't know what to do so that's the inside the girl boss's brain but let's talk about herbs shall we we shall. All right. We'll, we'll come back after we'll see what ad goes in this podcast guys. So we're working with a podcast agency. Now I was listening yesterday. I had a CVS ad and then I had an indeed ad. I didn't have either. I was really frustrated. I wanted to hear the voice. What was, what, what was the voice? What was the tone of the person? It was like, it sounded like you were in on like an airplane or something or like elevate. I don't know, not an elevator, but like a TV. A very like robotic. Yeah. It just felt very, I was very confused because I pressed play on the podcast just to listen to it. Cause I was like, did I, what did I say last week? Whatever. And then I was like, oh my God, who the fuck's this random person talking about CVS? <laughs> but <laughs> I don't really know. We'll see. Hopefully you'll get something like Budweiser. <laughs> Maybe that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Yeah. CVS is a little boring, but random. And you know, we support the randomness over here. Support. Yeah. Shout out CVS. Thank you guys. <laughs> Thanks for being your sponsors. Okay. We'll come back and we'll talk herbs. You know, Emma and I can't shut up about starting your day with the perfect oatmeal toppings. And you're probably thinking, what could be better than securing a bag of maca powder or matching with a boy who actually knows what adaptogens are? Um, hello, a large and juicy medjool date. That's why we're so excited to tell you about today's sponsor, Julie's. Julie's is a pantry staple for all the wellness gods. Their hand-picked medjool dates from Coachella Valley, California are certified USDA organic, naturally vegan, and free of all allergens. There is no better way to snack on Jolie's than with your favorite nut butter or on a bowl of oats. And Jolie's even has a date syrup to drizzle on a stack of pancakes. So if you want to taste some Jolie's for yourself, definitely use code CMOSGIRLIES for 15% off your first order. Now back to the show. Coco Kind is a beauty brand that's all about effective ingredients and formulas that fit your budget, including those that work from the inside out. That's why we love the Sleep Sea Tonic. It's a vegan, gluten-free beverage powder that has science-backed ingredients like L-theanine, a naturally occurring amino acid that helps you wind down, vitamin C to support immunity, and an antioxidant-rich dragon fruit. Together, they help reset the mind and body before bed so that you can get your beauty sleep, all with a refreshing, fruity flavor. One reviewer, Caroline, says, I was skeptical about whether this product would have any noticeable effects in my sleep. But as with any and all Coco Kind products I've tried, I was pleasantly surprised and instantly hooked. You can find Coco Kind online at cococind.com backslash girlies. And you can also get 10% off of your first online order with the code girlies. Coco Kind is also available in stores at Target and at Whole Foods. A bit of a background into like the foundation of herbalism. So we're going to be talking about kind of herbalism in the United States. Now, a lot of the herbs that are mentioned are not native to the United States when it comes to like where they were grown um, and the popularity of them. So we'll get into that more specifically later in the show, but we're just kind of talking about the, the resurgence of herbs and like herbal medicine in the United States specifically. So yeah, um, when you hear the word herbalism, I often think of just like someone in the middle of the woods with like a basket, like picking like various like roots and stuff, uh, which is not that far off from like the formal definition of it. It's basically different 
you're thinking of like teas and tinctures and tonics that are both used from plants and it's for like medicinal and also agricultural purposes. So our ancestors, when you think about it before the birth of modern medicine, they only had access to very natural remedies to fight off illness or prevent different diseases. And so that's kind of when herbalists became like very popular. And this is like thousands and thousands of years ago, um, but it's kicked off with like the globalization of trade, right? So when you think about herbs that are not grown in the United States, the market has integrated different kinds of herbs all to translate over to China, to India, over to the United States, to Europe, everywhere. And there was specifically a resurgence of herbalism as like a career almost, or like a, a form of advice in the 60s and 70s, like obviously like Woodstock, the hippies, like thinking about all that and kind of how the counterculture brought back like the popularity of one, having some sort of like a trust in big government and like big pharma and everything. And then two, kind of this like hippie community, like we're all going to treat and heal and care for each other. Um, but now like recently in the past, you know, Emma and I were 22 years old, but in the 2000s, I'll say there's this rise of functional medicine, um, or naturopaths or integrative medicine. And these are kind of like the, the fancy titles, but it kind of refers to a common practice of like using more natural remedies versus like strictly pharmaceutical drugs, which gets into the de definition of like, what's an herbalist, what's a pharmacist. And I think obviously this makes sense. Like a pharmacist is going to extract the key active from a plant when you are taking the drugs, the prescription medicine, and then herbalists are going to use the entire plant itself. Um, and that's why things often, like when you're taking a lot of tinctures and teas and tonics, it gets distilled with water because it is so potent. You're not just extracting, but you're using like the whole root or the whole plant whenever you are um, sourcing for something, if that makes sense. And another thing that's interesting about like herbalists is that it's going to be um, a complex mixture of things. So it's like the chemicals that could come from anything. So it could be the leaves, the seeds, the roots. And that's why I would say like every herbalist or maybe like every herbalist website you go to is going to have different like synergistic properties. Like that's how I heard of the word synergy and like treating the body as a system is because you're, you're mixing certain herbs and roots and stems and leaves all together to create some sort of like holistic compound. And that's kind of why I think of like being an herbalist as kind of being like a, a hippie chemist, we'll say. Um, but the last point that we're going to touch on in the end part of the pot as well is that under the current law, um, herbs are just treated the same under the law as dietary supplements, meaning that they are not regulated. So we've talked about this various episodes about like the lack of regulation around supplements and herbs fall into that category. So manufacturers of herbal of herbs can sell any product um, before demonstrating the safety and efficacy. But it's like a different level, obviously, than pharmaceutical drugs. And so even though most people think like, oh, this is an herb or coming from a root or something, it's natural, it's therefore safe. There's a lot of different side effects that can be that can come from taking herbs because these herbs also have very active ingredients. So just because it's a natural root doesn't mean that it doesn't have contaminants and that it can't interact with other things you're taking. So you do have to still proceed with caution. Um, they did one study and the biggest like efficacy around certain herbs, um, there were five herbs that they found to be the most efficacious and it was ginkgo, garlic, St. John's wort, soy, and kava. And so those are like the ones that I think have been studied at the clinical trial the most. But once again, there's still very limited testing on the efficacy of most herbs. Yes. And I think, yeah, 
that kind of then goes, we'll get into next, just like the different herbs for each different health concerns that I feel like you guys are most interested in or probably are seeking to target, but just keeping in mind that like, yeah, there is very limited testing. And so like a lot of the, you know, the tests or trials that were referred to in some of the research I was doing, it was like, you know, testing on like 10 people. And it's like, that's not really a lot, or there's a lot more testing on animals as opposed to humans. Yeah. Um, and also like a lot of these herbs, they all kind of, you know, overlap and can kind of help target similar needs. And the ones that we mentioned are not like what you can limit yourself to. There's like hundreds and thousands of herbs out there, but these are just like the most commonly known ones. And I feel like the ones that you can probably purchase, um, you know, at your local health store or whole foods or wherever you, you buy your herbs and supplements. Yeah. So we'll first get into hormonal balance because a lot of our girlies are people who experience a period and menstruate. And I know a lot of people are likely experiencing PMS symptoms or maybe are trying to get their period back. So the first one is Shatavari. I have actually taken this a few times. I need to repurchase my pills, but it is a member of the asparagus family. And actually Shatavari, like it translates from like into like the meaning of like having 100 roots, which then I guess like kind of means like having 100 husbands, which is like a funny thing to like correlate it to, but Shatavari is commonly known to be like help to help women. Um, in reproductive and digestive health. And it's because according to like Ayurveda, it possesses cooling and calming properties. And I definitely do feel like when I was taking Chattabari personally, this is like anecdotal, but um, I definitely did not experience as much like back pain, like before my period. And that's the symptom that I often experience. And I know one uh, thing to include in the hormonal balance is maca, like maca root. Um, I feel like we talk about it so much that it's like, I feel like it's redundant at this point, but yeah. That's another route that I just like thought of. As yeah. Well. Maka is a good one for boosting your libido. As we say in the business, Maka is a, a great name for a girl. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, next one is like Vitex uh, and it's grown in the Mediterranean and parts of also Central Asia. It's also known as like Chaseberry. So if you are going out and buying it, it might be underneath that name and it may influence hormones uh, by promoting the release of the luteinizing hormone and thus increasing progesterone. And then lastly is cramp bark, which is native to Europe and parts of Africa. And cramp bark can release and soothe muscle spasms and relieve pain from menstruation from the antispasmodic compounds of esculatin and vioputyl, probably butchering like all those names, but I think it's like important just to kind of understand like a lot of like the components or like the chemical structures that do cause these herbs to have certain effects on your body. Cause I think like for me, whenever I'm like reading about like herbs or like on the back of a label at, you know, my local health store, and it's like, this herb may help with, you know, digestion. It's like, okay, but like how, like, yeah. can you like give me some sort of evidence? And that's, what's hard is that there's not a lot of like scientific, like study on like, you know, the specifics of like certain chemical compounds. Yeah. And then kind of relating to this whole section on hormonal balance, or I guess just every section we're going through when you're looking into supplements, there's two ways to go about it. One you're the health God, you go and you just get the Shatavari root and you're looking for like a single compound at your health store, you know, like the butt ugly packaging, like the, whatever the hell packaging comes at your local granny hippie place. But secondly, there are going to be products that are more of these buzzy direct to consumer brands that are going to be called like product for hormonal balance. And then I both have like started taking a tincture from this one company and they make like a, a custom um, tincture brand or uh, hormonal balance blend for you. There's plenty of hormonal balance products on the market, like sex dust or, uh, you know, other shit like that. 
the benefits of taking something that is a compound or like a blend is that one, you're probably not going to be overdosing, right? Like these supplements, once again, still are not going to be regulated by the FDA. So maybe sex dust has way too much of like whatever the fuck's in it. You know, we still can't really like claim that that's fully efficacious. But secondly, if you are taking Chatavari root and then you're like, oh, I'm going to also take astrologous root and also take this. You could be combining way too many things if you don't have this like intense knowledge of dosage. And like, for me, example, I don't think I would want to like go down the rabbit hole of like taking individual compounds of so many things at once. After we had the podcast episode about like multivitamins, or I don't know what one recent podcast. Yeah. Multivitamins. It's like your multivitamin might already meet like, you know, hundred percent of your like daily needs for vitamin D3. Then if you're taking a vitamin D3 supplement on top of that, which I was doing, I've actually yeah. like, stopped taking my vitamin D3 supplement because of that reason. Yeah, no, I, so I looked at my super U by moon juice, which is an adaptogenic blend. And then I got this product from plant people to try. They make a lot of like CBD products and they sent me this one or it was in this package and it was, um, respiratory blend. And I was like, Oh yeah, like the wildfire season, it's so bad. Like I should take this. And I looked into it and it had so much astragalus root. And then the super you moon juice had astragalus root as well and I was like why the fuck am I taking probably like twice or three times the amount of doses I should and so that's why I think with you know once again think about yourself as a consumer and just where you lie into that land like do you want to buy something that's going to already have it basically like in a little pretty package for you you could neg that for being corny and cheesy and marketing but also like it probably is more efficacious than you having your own little chemistry lab. So that was just an overall blurb about this whole episode. Cause yeah, I've been reflecting on my own pantry recently. Me same. I feel that. Uh, next is digestion because again, all hot girls have IBS. Um, uh, licorice root is the first one and licorice root, um, it may reduce acid reflux and indigestion. Again, there's more research that needs to be done and made to understand the exact mechanisms for the various actions for licorice, but Licorice root has been used for years in the Middle East, China, and Southern Europe. And also to just keep in mind, a lot of these herbs, again, have been used for like centuries and date back to like literally like 600 AD. So even though there like may not be that much like current research, they have been like used. And I think there is some legitimacy to how long these herbs have been utilized. Mm-hmm. Next is fennel, which is native to the Mediterranean region. And it's very common in some parts of the world to chew fennel seeds after a meal to aid digestion. And the fennel seeds are actually extremely high in fiber. There's about like two grams in one tablespoon of fennel. And I'm sure if you've ever been to like an Indian restaurant growing up, I feel like I talked about this in a previous episode, but like they have like the little, the little jar of like candy coated fennel seeds. And that is again, to kind of, again, help with like digestion. And then also with like making your breath smell nice and fresh after eating your curry. But fennel can also relax digestive muscles, which can stimulate regular bowel movements and reduce pain associated with indigestion. I really like fennel. I drink fennel tea here and there. And yeah, also there's like so many different ways where you can take these herbal supplements. And yeah, I definitely prefer fennel in in a tea form, but you can also eat fennel as it is. Mm -hmm. Um, Next, dandelion leaf or root. I recently bought dandelion uh, like leaf tea, I think from that. Oh yeah, dandy blends. Dandy blend. Yeah. So good. Yeah. It's really good. Um, it's the most common weed on earth and it's rich in vitamin A, the B complex C potassium, iron, and zinc. And the roof and leaf are known as bitters, which can help with enhancing appetite and digestion. Thus like kind of stimulating digestive enzymes and like bile once you consume it. And also the dandelion leaf is a diuretic. So it'll help you like urinate more. Mm-hmm. 
And then there's lemon balm, which is a member of the mint family and native to Southern Europe. This again is going to soothe indigestion and it's historically been used to calm discomfort and also just like calm the nervous system. So if you're like someone who experienced a lot of like stress related digestive issues, lemon balm could be like good and helping you, you know, digest your meals, not experience that bloating if you are kind of experiencing like high levels of stress. And then ginger, which originates in Southeast Asia, I feel like it's like a very commonly known used herb that like probably you've grown up having in your households. Um, and it's due to gingerol, which is a component featured in ginger, which is anti-inflammatory and has high level antioxidants. And the enzymes can help break up gas and just increase overall movement in the digestive tract. Yeah. Solid rundown. And I think another thing that I don't do specifically with supplements is topicals. So I used to work at Cat Beauty in the West Village, and there were a lot of um, different oils or like those rollers that you could put. So I remember there were a few digestive like oil rollers you could like put on your stomach or with the, the few that we mentioned about hormonal imbalance. Like if you have cramps, you can rub different essential oils and various adaptogens or stuff like on your body. Now that is just not appealing for me from a use perspective. I like hate applying body lotion. I hate, like, I will forget to do that notoriously, but if that's like your go-to, if you're really big into skincare, let's say, and you don't like popping pills or you don't like drinking your dust, you also can take stuff topically. And so that could be a better way for absorption too. Uh, I know that I have this magnesium spray. Once again, I forget to take it. It's been sitting in my cabinet. I'm staring at mine right now, but yeah, I was going to say magnesium. Actually, one of the best ways to absorb it is like taking like an Epsom salt bath. Yeah. So if that's your, if that's your go-to, um, definitely consider the world of topicals. It's pretty fun. Uh, the next one with stress is ashwagandha, which once again, always comes up. Uh, it's been in the memes. Um, it dates back to 600 AD and it's using for ability to, or it's primarily used for the ability to help the body adapt to negative impacts of stress. And with adaptogens, we've talked about this before in the episode, the national adaptogen awareness episode, Mm -hmm. but adaptogens are only supposed to be used for short term. I didn't know that I was taken the same dosage of my ashwagandha for a very long time. You're supposed to take it regimentedly, like at the same times every single day, and then do a week without it and see how you feel. You're not supposed to be taking these things long-term. And especially because we do not have studies of like people taking ashwagandha for six months and then seeing what happens after there are various like limited studies, like I was saying before, where like 10 people did it. So that's kind of another, like, not trying to scare y'all, but I do think that some of us feel like, oh, this is just an herb. It's fine. I can take it. You still could be like causing issues to yourself, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, totally. Um, But yeah, I think ashwagandha is one that it's like promoted to a lot of like athletic performance because it is, has this reduction in cortisol levels as well. And then there's rhodiola rosea, which I take pretty often and it was really popular by vikings to enhance mental and physical endurance and it supports the functioning of the adrenal glands and also just encourages healthy response to stress by supporting cortisol levels again like pretty much all adaptogenic herbs are going to help in like supporting cortisol levels if you want to learn more about adaptogens again go back and listen to everything and there's so many adaptogen brands out in the market right now it's like kind of nauseating but yeah i feel like you know they're very easy to find and acquire on the internet if you are seeking that Mm-hmm. And then we have sleep. And again, we have done a sleep episode. So go back and listen to that too. <laughs> <laughs> um, versus valerian root, which uh, is native to Europe. And within valerian root, there's something called the valerianic acid, which helps inhibits the breakdown of GABA. 
And GABA is like a chemical messenger that regulates nerve impulses in our brain and nervous system. And like, so it'll kind of provide this feeling of calmness and low GABA le levels are related to like acute, related to acute slash chronic stress are linked to low quality sleep. And again, that kind of like makes sense because if you are experiencing stress, you're probably going to feel like wired and tired, maybe like adrenal fatigue, or you're like up all night with like those racing thoughts. And also the antioxidants that appear within valerian root have sedative and sleep enhancing properties. I have never taken valerian root, but again, like from people that I know who have that, like, aren't even like that, like hippy dippy or like really like a wellness God, a lot of them do take valerian root. They're like, this has like helped me like so much more than like melatonin ever has. Um, again, take that as you will, but I have heard like very good things about valerian root. Mm -hmm. Next is lavender. Um, which I kind of forget is like a thing that exists and like is an herb. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the most popular and versatile essential oils and aromatherapy as it promotes relaxation. And within kind of like herbalism, it's considered, or like in aromatherapy, it's like a multi-purpose oil because it's like as anti-inflammatory, antifungal, and antidepressant properties. And then lastly is chamomile, which is one of the most common herbs used for medicinal purposes. And it's effective at making you sleepy due to chemical structure. Um, and it contains something called a pigeon, which induces sleepiness when it binds to GABA receptors in your brain. And I think one thing to keep in mind with all these sleep supplements and what I was doing research on that a lot of them, especially with like lavender and chamomile, there's, you know, it's supposed to like help promote making you like more like tired and like wind down, but there's not much research on it, like actually improving your quality of sleep or keeping you asleep, like all throughout the night. So just kind of keeping that in mind. So if you're someone who maybe struggles at winding down, this will be like beneficial maybe to take these herbs, but not necessarily in like actually like helping you get like your full eight hours of sleep. Yeah. And there are those, uh, sleep trackers, like the Apple watch and Fitbit and like levels is like a newer one that I I'm actually really interested in levels. If anyone's heard of it, I don't remember the guy that started it classically a man has started some fucking company with venture capital money, but, um, it's meant to like track your movement and it really helps track your insulin levels after like you eat stuff. And so they have a really interesting thing with like sleep cycles, because once again, we often think like, oh, I was asleep for eight hours, but sometimes like I've heard in podcasts, wonky episodes of, you know, here and there that like, oh, if you sleep for five hours and it was actually good sleep, it's more efficacious than getting like eight hours of crappy sleep where you're like tossing and turning the whole night. So that's something if you really want to like focus on your sleep hygiene, I think we always could. Maybe we do an episode on sleep, even though we already have. I don't know. Maybe one more. I, I would like to get geeky on sleep. My sleep's been like terrible like this past week, like absolutely just like atrocious. Yeah, same. I just feel like also too, like a lot of the sleep advice is like, it's, you know, it is like the turn off your phone, fucking Zen and go to Mars and Buddha <laughs> meditate like at, before bed, which is like good. And yeah, I should do that. But I also want to know like, what else can I do? That's like more practical. Like give me some new fun tips. So maybe we do a fun little sleep episode. Who knows? Um, and then the next section of herbs is like athletic performance. The main one is going to be cordyceps. So this is an adaptogenic herb. There's over 400 different species of cordyceps, which is very interesting. And it's traditional to Chinese medicine practices. So many products on the market that like might throw in once again, back to the products that are the, the, uh, let's say like moon juice, for example, has power dust, maybe, I don't know, like strength dust, like muscle dust or some shit. Muscle dust. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just giving them ideas here. Look, um, it has, let's say you look at the ingredients list and it says like organic cordyceps, organic chaga, stevia, something like that. It doesn't say what 
cordyceps it is actually using. And so I think a lot of the times when you're looking at supplements, I just always err and like go for products that are a little bit more, not necessarily expensive, but products that just like have a little bit more of a support. Like I don't want something that's $20 that is has 40 servings in it. That always is like a red flag for me. And maybe that's like an elitist, like privileged thing to say, but also like, if you're going to be spending money at all, I don't want to do something that is not the most like high quality, you know, I think Emma and I invest in our health, just like we don't drink really, we don't go out. So like, this is where I'm putting my money because a lot of the cordyceps products on the market are synthetic versions. And so there's this one strain called cordycepsinesis and it's the purest. But when I was looking at to like, which products use cordyceps sinesis, it's like $9,000 a pound to buy cordyceps sinesis. So then you think about like all your favorite adaptogen brands, like, are they actually using the proper form of cordyceps in their product? And then you're like, well, they probably aren't because one, this shit isn't regulated by the FDA. Two, they don't have any clinical trials. So like, you're really in the wild world of wellness once again, because you don't fucking know if any of your products are actually doing anything. Um, Cordyceps is known for anti-fatigue, physical strength. Those are like its main like ties to fitness and why a lot of like athletes like dose cordyceps before their workouts. And it helps you sometimes improve your tolerance to high intensity exercise. So if you feel like after a workout, you're just like depleted, that's why cordyceps is um, often used and like talked about. And once again, it's an adaptogen. So should only be taken in very like targeted strategic ways, just yeah. Um, in your routine. And then we kind of got some questions about like herbs for cooking and like, Emma and I, I don't fucking like cook. Well, we cook, but not to this level where I'm like using herbs. I don't remember. Like I, my herb, you know, when you see those like people that are like, have their little fucking Andrew Lowe, the YouTuber, and he has all of his herbs with the little logo or not logos. What are they called? Stickers on them? Like, a spice cabinet. There we go. There we go. I don't have a fucking spice cabinet. I have like two things. I have like garlic and cinnamon. Sorry. I, I literally yeah, only be using cinnamon. <laughs> um, truly. So you see my chefs. Sorry. Like we don't really have that many things. Okay. Turmeric and black pepper is one combination. I have a meme sitting in the drafts about this. <laughs> But yeah, uh, yeah. So turmeric and black pepper again, very prevalent in India. Kind of is like what gives curry that like orangey yellow color. And all the benefits from turmeric come from curcumin, which has anti-inflammatory and antioxidants. You can also take just like a curcumin like supplement. I have in the mm-hmm. past. I don't know why I was taking a curcumin Same. supplement. But um, one thing to keep in mind is that curcumin is poorly absorbed in the bloodstream. And that's why you need to consume it with black pepper because within black pepper, there's something called piperine, which enhances the absorption. Crazy how things work like that. <laughs> um, you can drink your turmeric lattes. Make sure they put black pepper in it, girlies. Yeah. If they don't run. You'd be a little um, and be like, where's the black pepper chat? Or, or pull out, or pull out your black pepper in your fucking like pocket or something. Please do that, please. Even if you drink turmeric lattes, like, I don't know. I never really got behind that, behind that bandwagon. Yeah, I never um, really loved it. Me neither. Uh, next, ginger. Again, like I said, your mom has probably bought fucking ginger before when you were like a child. It's common <laughs> in Asian cooking. I mean, my mom did. Yeah. And it's also, again, has anti-inflammatory properties, can help with like digestion. And also it's like really good if you experience like, you know, if you're like ever nauseous or whatever, I know they always recommend like, you know, sucking on like ginger or something because it'll like help with that. Yeah. Are those um, ginger candies with little cute packaging? Yeah. With like little like ginger guys. Yeah. He's cute. Low key would bang. I'm getting not bang, but I would, I would, he'd be, predatory, Kate. <laughs> he'd be my kid. He's cute. Um, he could be your intern. There we go. 
Bro, the way we still get intern DMs is funny. Okay, besides the Y'all do not want to intern for us. I'd be like, I don't know, do whatever. We'll buy my Toto cookie dough. That's about it. Go, go read some Healthline articles for me. Oh my God, <laughs> Healthline. Um, okay, we're going to come back and then we're going to talk a little bit about like herbalism as a practice and kind of like what we think about like where you should buy herbs, the ethics of herbalism and just thinking about it through like more of a systemic lens than kind of like a what to do in your little hippie kitchen. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. We're back. Shout out to our Budweiser ad. I'm kidding. I don't know what the fuck the ad was. If they're even would you, who else do we? Who other ad sponsors do we still? Have? What's your, who's your dream ad sponsor, Kate? Um, I don't know. Like, what do we both? Okay, Zevia. Where the fuck they? Yeah, where the fuck they? Yeah, Zevia would be cool. International Harvest. Yeah, they're fun. Y'all want to send me some Brazil nuts? <laughs> Their social media is like really bad. They like suck at it. Emma and I, guys, okay, idea. This is unrelated to herbs for a bit. You know all the health brands you follow on Instagram and you go and it looks like they have 40,000 followers and then you go look at their like count and it's like 20 likes. Those are called paid followers. This is just a personal thing that I find will iffy with because these engagement of these brands. Like, so Emma, should Emma and I reach out to these brands and be like, yo dogs, look, our meme engagement rate is like insane. I calculated it one time we were together. It was like 20%. And most people get like 4% engagement when you convert your likes to follows. Should I just go fucking mafia baller, email all these brands, be like, yo, yo, Instagram sucks. Know what you need? Memes. Because let me make the memes for you. <laughs> also, a lot of brands and fucking companies, no shade, no tea, are starting to make memes. And I'm not going to say we did it first. But and like, but in the wellness world, we kind of did it first. We kind of did. And like your haphazard fucking memes are not cutting it, frankly. Like your audience doesn't get it. Look, your audience probably follows us. Also, there's a few other fucking like 
quote wellness meme pages <laughs> and I've not attacked them personally but I am ready I you know y'all don't have any followers so it's kind of embarrassing on your part to try to take yeah, us good luck good luck trying to get to 14 almost probably 15k like good luck with that 14 000 fucking weirdos good luck um I don't even feel like I need to punch down at you but I'm just saying that's a little bit embarrassing for you uh <laughs> if you're listening to this. Heat is coming for the copycats um yeah Sorry, you can try to be us, but you never will be us. Not cute, because I know some people are fucking crazy competitive, just like in my own personal like Instagram stuff. I was talking to people about like their Instagram rates. And if you people on fucking Instagram think that this memes, we do them all for free, y'all. Like, that's what I'm trying to get at, that some of you guys charge for your fucking matcha lattes to post on your in-feed posts on Instagram grids or like featuring a brand. You guys charge thousands of dollars. No, the memes are free, but maybe Emma and I should become ballers and start fucking charging brands for memes. What do you guys Honestly, think? I don't I'm know. Making, making memes is one thing that I excel at and that I enjoy doing. We need, we deserve financial compensation. We're not getting shit otherwise. <laughs> Honestly, anyway. This is what Kate and I always be bitching about. Yeah. I don't know why that rant just came out of my ass for no reason, but I think it's fair. It's I've legitimate. Been, it's been, I've been you know, Kate and I, Kate and I only talk to each other. So again, a lot of, a lot of thoughts end up getting boiled up in our brain and podcasting is the only time that we're able to let the feelings out we can vomit out the feelings but let's get back into western herbalist american herbalist how to be a good conscious consumer in the space yeah if you did yeah and if you like the little shit posting let us know in geneva we trust you can go friend. follow us on patreon and maybe we'll do some more shit posting there possibly okay so <laughs> western no promises to that <laughs> yeah western herbalist so this is obviously going to be countries like the united states and western herbal medicine medicine or whm is going to be the clinical practice of using herbs in a very like healing way you know, this is your hippie doctor that's going to give you some plants or plant materials. They're going to say like, there's no industrial processing. It's natural. It's organic. It's GMO free. But this kind of ties into a larger issue that like, I just personally have like thought about a lot upon doing this podcast about like appropriation and colonialism and like stealing of ancient traditions. Like what is the best way for all of these like typically white women to have quote adaptogen companies or supplement companies or herbal companies when that's not native to them and just like profiting off of that knowledge. And like, I think it's more from my perspective as a consumer, what I kind of look at is like, do they have any sort of like about us mission page or like sustainability, transparency, choose your favorite buzzword. Do they really say where their herbs are coming from? Do they maybe do some sort of like a, not a charity or donation? Cause that's a little bit gimmicky, but something like we are sourcing from this person. They are paid a fair wage. Like we met the farmer that we are getting our herbs from. I just think that's a little bit better to see from your brands than just kind of like, we found ashwagandha and we just happened to think that it's going to do this. Like that's not your knowledge and your place to, um, you know, profit off of that knowledge specifically. And then the kind of the three biggest, I would say like forms of herbalism that I've like researched and we like looked into um the first one is going to be native american herbalists and so a little bit about this is that it was before colonization um indigenous people were practicing herbalism and it was believed that illness is a sign of misalignment in the spirit and body so once again like western american countries like don't really think about that like mind body spirit connection um specifically like with religion too in like you know catholicism and shit it's not really like eating potatoes is going to align your body (laughs) like you know what i mean Um, a lot of these different cultures think about food as medicine more than like Western countries do. 
So the Native American herbalists also carefully studied these plants for years and they developed a knowledge base of over 500 herbs. And some of the main plants that you might've heard of are gonna be juniper. So in like the sauerkraut that I actually take from, take, like I'm taking sauerkraut like a supplement, <laughs> eating from uh, Hawthorne Valley, it has juniper berries in it. Have you oh, yeah, tried that one? The caraway. Is that, is that the original or the caraway? The caraway one. I don't know why I've been on that, but side note. Um, I have turmeric in the fridge right now. Nice. Um, some of the other herbs native to or from Native American um, and indigenous people are going to be things like yarrow, echinacea, California poppy, and American ginseng. The next category is going to be Indian herbal medicine or Ayurveda, which I'm sure a lot of people have heard about, myself included. Like, I feel like it's had a resurgence, not a resurgence, but like um, white people, American people are talking about it basically. And I think it's become popular within, like, once again, a lot of like Western people are using Ayurvedic practices now. Um, it dates back to 600 to 400 BCE, and it's the whole concept of eating and living for your dosha. So if you Google like, what is my Ayurveda dosha, you could take a bunch of quizzes online and it kind of refers to your, it's like a, it's not a personality type, but that's like, it, there's three different categories that you could fall from. And the literature comes back from different Buddhist texts. Um, but back to India as like a, a place of herbs, uh, India possesses almost 8% of the estimated biodiversity in the world, and the export market for medicinal plants is growing faster than India's actual domestic market. So that's just one thing to consider that like these countries, not these countries, like countries like India do have all these herbs, and that's a huge part of your economy. And I think there is a way to connect it to like Western countries that have a, a need for these herbs in their own country, but it's like, okay, are workers being paid a fair wage? What are the working conditions like? What, who is actually sourcing these herbs? Um, all of those questions, I think, come to mind. Then the next one is going to be traditional Chinese medicine. I think most of the herbs we talked about earlier actually fall into the category of traditional Chinese medicine, and it dates back to ancient times, like 5,000 years ago. Um, so China started to export a large number of herbs like rhubarb, angelica, velvet, ginseng, cinnamon to other Southeast Asian countries. And then once again, kind of the same story with India. Um, a huge part of the Chinese economy is based on this development of Chinese medicine. And so one idea that kind of comes from Chinese medicine is this idea of balance, pretty similar to the dosha in Indian herbal medicine, when like the stomach is too hot or cold, you can feel bloated. And so you need to balance that out by eating like cooling foods. That's a huge thing with like the Ayurvedic dosha. So that's one thing to keep in mind. Um, and the next question or the like concept of appropriation, which I've already kind of touched on, is that if herbal resources are going to be inappropriately exploited, a lot of plants that like you might take in your adaptogens and you might know and love that are not native to the United States per se, it might cause these plants to go extinct. Um, and like the extinction of many plants are going to inevitably occur for a lot of reasons, but it's going to adversely alter the ecological environment in many countries. So for example, um, something called the wild Panax noto ginseng has no longer been found in the Yunnan province in China for about 30 years now because of the exploitation and the way that people were harvesting and like taking this herb. Another one that you guys probably know about is that cordyceps can cause, like we talked about cordyceps earlier, if you dig up cordyceps, it can cause direct damage to about 30 centimeters of grassland. And then the last one is that one kilogram of wild licorice is going to destroy about eight to 10 acres of grasslands. 
And so this is just like an issue once you think about ethically sourcing and like where all these products are coming from, it could cause a lot of ecological damages too. So that kind of ties into climate change and like the future of farming and nature and herbalism. So the biggest thing is that governments need to install measures to protect small farmers and those herbalists that have been doing this for decades to ensure that there's like this ethical relationship with herbal resources in different countries and societies. And then the next question we got is going to be about, is herbalism safe? Um, once again, I think a lot of people think like, oh, herbalism safe. It's like all natural shit. You know, it's like nothing bad in there. But you also can overdose on different herbs and that can affect things like your livers and kidneys. But there's going to be a minimum amount of like side effects compared to taking conventional drugs. It's not going to be equivalent like overdosing on Adderall, overdosing on what could it, what could it be like? I don't know. Cordyceps. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Um, but once again, the, tr the true frequency of herbs is not going to be known because they haven't been tested in large clinical trials. Yeah. So that's kind of another thing to note with like herbs is that, yeah, they're going to be mostly safe, but you can't just like abuse like herbs or anything like that. And then like the accessibility, like I think we've talked about this across many episodes that healthcare access in the United States not really up there. Our healthcare system is really broken. And so a lot of people don't have access to adequate healthcare, i.e. they turn to more natural remedies, or there is this huge distrust in government. And so seeking an herbal medicine practitioner, they're going to require it to be out, out of pocket costs. But if you don't have insurance to begin with, you might just be like, well, fuck it, I'm going to go to an herbalist versus going to a doctor because the costs might equal out. Um, and so another reason of like, or how to trust an herbalist almost, this is going to be very specific to your country and region, but I would say just like, look that people that have been doing it for years, not just like, I went on a weekend course and now I'm an integrative medicine practitioner. I don't know why there's all these girls on Instagram that are suddenly getting like IM degrees. You know, have you yeah. seen that shit? Yes. <laughs> and lot. some, some herbalists, like they possibly could go to school for physiology to see how herbs interact with different parts of the body, like studying muscles and skeletons and all that shit. Um, but once again, there's not going to be a governing body for herbalists. So you don't really know it's kind of um, the wild west for you. And then I think lastly, again, like how to shop for herbs at your health store at Whole Foods. Again, there's little like, you know, regulation uh, with the FDA. And so it's like how to be a smart consumer and know that you're actually purchasing a legitimate product. You know, if you go to your health store, speak to your like local health store employees and they will probably have like pretty good insight on like what brands they carry and they might have good information on them. But just doing your research beforehand and always read the supplement label just to see the amount of active ingredients per serving or whether or not there's any additives such as like fillers or flavorings. And then any form of like seal of approval from a third party testing, this can be, you know, from consumerlab.com, NSF, International, US Pharmacopoeia. And I think one thing to keep in mind with these like seal of approvals from third party testing companies is that they don't guarantee the products like safety or effectiveness, but they do give assurance that like is probably manufactured and like what is said on the supplement label is actually within the product. And if the brand gives any insight on their sourcing on their website, I know Gaia Herbs, they have something called like the herb tracing ID. So there's like a little like, you know, three, four digit code on their bottles and you can type that in, into their website and it'll do like the full tracing of, you know, where they source their herbs. But I think it's just like really important to know that you're all actually getting a like a legitimate herb and that it's like also getting harvested correctly in a way that like isn't going to damage the, the earth. But again, I feel like a lot of you guys are smart and probably do do your research beforehand. I mean, like, 
if you're buying skincare, you're probably researching like, you know, the reviews on this product. So just like, yeah, doing research and reviews on other, other herbs. So you don't get a scammed or overpurchased too many things. Yeah. Um, say, like Emma was saying earlier, when you're going into a supplement section, like know what you're going to get. Cause I do think that there is some level of expertise in being like a health store employee, but also at the same time, like Emma and I both work in retail and though you do the employee like manual to like know like specifically fashion retail that I've like worked I worked at Dr. Voices like did I know really the the cotton and spandex count and if that was going to make your legs chafe or not like probably not so I think like do definitely do some research before you get there specifically about dosage too like that's something there's certain things I think you can scan quickly when you're looking at a product like this one has magnesium glycinate this one has magnesium carbonate but like the dosage and like the entire company you're looking at, maybe you have a few brands in mind that you're going to look for or that you feel comfortable shopping for. So like once you get into the store, it's not a fucking nightmare mess. Yeah, but that is herbs for y'all. Herbs 101. Maybe we do that. Uh, is that a title? I like said herbs. <laughs> herbs. I think it's funny. And I think people would probably click onto that. I don't know. Maybe. Well, we can do either or, but um, I almost wonder if our title should just be boring, like herbs, adaptogens. Cause sometimes people are like, where's your episode about sleep supplements? And I'm like, oh, it was called like something stupid. Maybe that's why they didn't click into it. But yeah, perhaps sound off, girlies. Let us know what type do you like catchy titles or do you like them to be dry and to the point? Yeah, truly fucking let us know. We're just we're out here just a few sarcastic girlies who just like love to be silly in any way possible. Um um like we were saying before, um, we're both have to go grocery shopping later today. So what are you, what are you picking up? So I need more protein powder. I finished my Vega protein greens one, which I liked. I might repurchase it. I may not. I might get something random. I need, what else do I need? I need more tinned fish. I've been really liking the scout canning trout with dill, but whole foods does not have it, but this like random place around the corner for me does. What else do I need? I need a random place. <laughs> random place. I need lemons and probably some other stuff that I'm forgetting. What about yeah, you? I don't know what I really need. I need apple cider vinegar. I've been pickling a lot and I've just been running through shit. Um, I need to get chlorophyll. I feel like, you know, when the chlorophyll outrage was happening, I feel like I was drinking it a lot more often. I still drink it every day just as like a routine thing where I have like apple cider vinegar and chlorophyll with my vitamins. But um, I haven't been using it as much perhaps. I kind of stopped taking my chlorophyll ever since I moved into my new apartment. Cause it always like stains my like glasses sort of, or I get like green residue and I don't have a dishwasher now. And I'm just like, I don't feel like scrubbing my, my cup for five minutes to get this chlorophyll off. Right. I'd be scrubbing. Scrubbing is like mentally a part of my routine for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to get a protein powder. Like I was saying my ritual, what are you gonna come- get? well, my ritual one comes on like the th- the 20 something, but I, so I need one for like five ish days. I think I'm going to get the greens in Vega. I might fuck around and just look at shit and get a bunch of single sacks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I need to get yogurt and I need to get cocoa powder, stupid shit, you know? Oh, but- I also need more maca powder. Nice. Yeah. Fucking fourth street co-op been messy. I just haven't wanted to go in there. Um, oh, I need to get nutritional yeast. I need to like fucking write that down. Cause I will forget and I will be sad. You know, there's, there's the idea of forgetting certain groceries is such a common thing that like, I feel like I've made multiple memes about like, when you forget to buy this, when you forget to buy this. And I'm like, Kate, come on with the memes. I'm also just like thinking how I have this like bag of kelp noodles and my, bro, not the kelp I I need, I need to use, I don't know why I bought them. I think it was just like, 
oh, I've had these before. They're kind of good. Let me buy them again. No, like, I don't want to eat kelp noodles like at all. Sometimes I feel like I'm like a pregnant mom because, you know, when you're pregnant, like certain foods are just very adverse to. <laughs> I, I think about certain foods and I'm just like, not that, not that at all. Um, like eating not peanut butter, but that used to be one where I was like, mm, like, I can't have peanut butter. I would just like eat way too much of it at one point bananas sometimes like I'm like freely baby get out of here I like I've never touched I don't really touch bananas that often um because also someone did some huge like thread on Instagram at one point back when people were into like their Instagram like infographic bullshit and was like go back to when we did the infographics stop <laughs> no we didn't <laughs> if you saw the infographics you are entitled no, to financial <laughs> compensation um no bananas someone was like if you make banana, if you're a food blogger that makes banana bread all the time, like your bananas are not in local and in season and stuff. And I was like, oh, cool. Because they also just trigger me back to being freely. So I don't need them either. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe I've been thinking about different fish. Fuck. Why did my nod antivirus just flip a doop? I don't know if that was even in the podcast audio, but whatever. Um, I've been thinking a lot about fish. I'm like maybe I get scallops or some shit, but then I'm like, oh my God, turning on a pan when it's like a fucking million degrees outside. Nope. Yeah, that's been a hard one for me, wanting to turn on the oven. Turning into a raw vegan with fish on the side again. (laughs) Yeah, until until it dips into the 70s, it's a no for me. Yeah, I really need that. I need to crave a potato and kabocha squash again. Well, it'd also be cool if we could find the Japanese sweet potatoes. Everyone is struggling out there. Geneva girlies, I swear, there is a... Someone asked, where can I secure the Japanese sweet potatoes? And I'm like, babes, I wish I had an answer for you. Order online, drop ship, get them shipped in from a We need to go back to the um, Hester Street, like, grocery store. True. Yeah, that's where we could go. Maybe I'll go do some potato sourcing later to let the girl <laughs> go. I'll probably run into you at Whole Foods later. Are you going to Bowery? Um, yeah, because... I think the concept of me walking to Tribeca to get some protein powder is psychotic and not necessary. (laughs) (laughs) Look, we've been there. I city biked to Tribeca last week for no good reason. Listen, have I thought about going to the Whole Foods in Williamsburg just for shits and giggles because I'm right next to the bridge? Yes. Am I going to act on that? No. Maybe when it's colder. She will. Maybe. Maybe. I think think once it hits 60, Emma, I can see you on that bridge. (laughs) Okay. um, My baggy bags. Okay. Yeah, it's time to leave. It's time to move on with our day. We love you, CMOS girlies. Thanks for listening to the pod. Like, comment, and subscribe. Join Geneva if you haven't. You know, do all those little fun things for us. But great potting with you as always, Emma. Toodaloo. Bye.